Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I am your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Not bad, pretty good. Uh, yeah, so pretty good. Um, what have you been playing within the last week? Well, as I mentioned last week, they had to go and put the digital copy of Division 2 on sale. Um, so I've been playing mostly that. You know, a little bit of uh, Dead Cells when I needed a break from uh, Division 2. But other than that, yep, yeah, just pretty much that. Okay. What's your thoughts on uh, Division so far? Uh, I like it. it. A lot of things have improved from the first game. Um, I definitely like that you feel more invested in the world. Because there's a, um, like random events that'll pop up that you'll need to you to do. And then... Uh, um, supplying out, outposts to try to help stabilize areas of the city. It definitely feels like there's more to do and more to be done. So, Okay, cool. Yeah, I jumped in because I remember on last week's podcast I said that I'd got the game. Uh, I played it for like, it was weird. I played it for about an hour and a half and it really clicked with me and I was like, cool, can't wait to get back to it. And then I went back to it and played it for another hour and then I was just sort of like, Okay, I don't. I just don't want to go any further for some reason. And then I like looked up. Like, is the ending any good, or does it get any better? And a lot of people said they were disappointed. And I was like, I might get Days Gone soon. I might get that sent, so I could jump into that. And then I went and jumped into like Sly Cooper. So I, I don't know what happened. I just completely unclicked from the game, um, which sometimes happens, I guess. Um, so that was kind of my Division Two uh, experience, I suppose. Nothing, nothing really wrong with the game. I just sort of you know, was continuing playing it and then just kind of stopped. So it was uh, a little bit strange in that way. Um, But I've gotten uh, Days Gone today. I've played, I want to say, barely an hour of it. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good so far. I've only, like, scratched the surface with it, really. Uh, There is a lot of cutscenes. There is a lot of, sort of, you you have a cutscene, you walk over to a character... Uh, maybe you deal with some stuff along the way, and then there's another little cutscene. So there is, there is a bit of jumping back and forth, but not to not to the point where it's uh, you know uh, harming my uh, sort of experience too much. Um, so I've just done a couple of like you know killed a couple of zombies, killed a couple of of guys or whatever, uh, and and gotten used, gotten introduced to sort of the tutorial stuff, which I'm probably not done with yet, tutorial wise. Um, if you guys have played the game, the point that I'm up to is where. I think it's your friend called Deacon. No, not Deacon. He's the main character. Uh, Bomber, I think, is his name or something. Or Boomer is his name. Um, mm-hmm. He uses his bike to distract the uh, Freakers. And then it, it, the game goes over to you. And you're supposed to go over to a particular area and start doing whatever. I don't know what you do because I haven't gotten over there yet. But it was a good point for me to sort of uh, save the game and then uh, come do this podcast. So, uh, yeah, literally as about 20 minutes ago... Um, that is where I finished playing. Um, I am finding, I don't know if this is a problem with the game or if it's something else, but as some of the zombies are coming towards me and I've got, you know, a shotgun and a pistol, um, so you you get given a knife and the first tutorial you get is like how to roll out the way, how to hit enemies uh, and that kind of thing, which is nice and basic. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than what it is. Um, and, uh, then I went over to some of the freakers and stuff, and there's these, like, nests in the game, where you have to, you have to clear them out with, uh, Molotovs, um, which your, your friend, uh, Boomer, or, or, yeah, Boomer, I think is his name, um, he gives to you, uh, so you clear a couple of those out. I'm noticing that because the freakers move so kind of erratically, um, that it's hard to get a headshot off, just because their head's bobbing about all, <laughs> all over the place. And uh, I ended up wasting a few bullets, but it, I don't know if that's just because of, hey, these freakers, like, move about a lot and it's hard to hit them, or if it's a problem with the game. I think it's more, because, like, you know the Walking Dead style zombies, they're, like, moving forward really slowly and you can sort of take a bit of time and, and get some headshots off. Um, I'm noticing a bit of emphasis on, like, the shotgun, that they're, they're, they're sort of trying to get me to use the shotgun a bit more. Uh, and they sort of had it in a couple of the cutscenes and that, and the shotguns obviously are you know, more bullet spread and that. It's a bit easier to get headshots off. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was just a bit more sort of tricky um, to to get some of those headshots off. And you know, if you if you're shooting the zombies in the body, they're gonna get up and you're gonna end up wasting a bullet. So, um, but like I said, I've only played like 45 minutes roughly, and I've only killed like six zombies. So maybe I just need a bit more practice. 
Um, and there's a, there's this mechanic as well with like um, car alarms that are going off. Obviously, noise attracts streakers, etc. Uh, and you have to go and like manually turn those off. But then once that happens, you get to take parts from the cars, uh, which is presumably some of, some of the stuff from the cars that you can get to craft some things later. Uh, I haven't got to the crafting system outside of uh, medikits and um, molotovs, so maybe I'll be able to use some of those car parts on like guns or, or, or something like that. Uh, I don't know yet. Or maybe on like the bike parts. Um, the bike was kind of interesting because like I started using it and like I was pretty bad at driving it, but I, as I was doing this first 45 minutes of the game and like the driving slightly wonky with the cars and like I can't quite shoot zombies in the head, maybe it is the case of like okay I just haven't played it for long enough yet and uh, need to get just used to the mechanics because that's sometimes a problem with like a new game when sure you've you've driven motorbikes you've shot guns before in different games but it's slightly different in this one perhaps so. Uh, do you have any interest in, in Days Gone? No, not really. Uh, just because, I mean, I'm not, you know, disinterested in zombie games. I mean, they're kind of my bread and butter. It's just that there hasn't been anything that's been shown about it that's really made me want to play it. I mean, yeah, Biker Protagonist, it's kind of cool. But mm -hmm. outside of that, you know, there's nothing... Uh, really jumping out at me this is uh you know play me play me play me okay um i would echo what some other people have said which is that it's basically not necessarily sons of anarchy meets the walking dead but sons of anarchy with zombies um have you ever seen sons of anarchy before anarchy i've i've caught caught a couple of random episodes nothing that i've really like watch watched so mm -hmm. it's pretty good it's just a bit slow and stuff, but the the payoff I would say is is quite worth it. So of course you have to watch seven seasons to get the payoff, but uh, that's how TV works and stuff. So um, yeah, it's been my main kind of game. I did sort of finish Metal Gear Solid Two. I ended up like just kind of bailing on near the end and then watched the ending. I just found Raiden to be almost like an unplayable protagonist near the end. He he just annoyed me so much as like I can't spend another minute with this character. Um, and I. Because I, I looked at the collection and stuff and obviously played Metal Gear Solid 1, really enjoyed that. Number 2 basically takes over with Raiden. And I've heard that number 3 is a prequel and it's kind of like I want to move forward instead of going backwards in the story. And a prequel is obviously going backwards. Um, so I want to sort of take a bit of time away from Metal Gear, distance myself a bit. And then when I'm ready to go back, uh, I've got the games there anyway. So uh, yeah, that's all the stuff that I've been, um, or that we've been playing. Uh, let's move on to some housekeeping. See you in a minute for that. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, or as of today, uh, me and David covered the series finale for Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 6. Uh, we will be back in two weeks, which I think is the 5th of June on the Wednesday, uh, to do a series wrap-up. Um, so we're basically going to, I'm going to probably do this across all the podcasts. Uh, put out different warnings. Um, if you would like to get in any feedback, comments, questions, any of that sort of thing for Game of Thrones, that one will be our last podcast. And you've got two weeks to get in your emails, your questions, that sort of thing. Um, all the information's in in show notes, and you can email us and all that kind of stuff. Twitter, uh, email Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org. Twitter, eTalkUK. Contact page information in your show notes. There's all sorts of different ways you can get in contact. Uh, so make sure that you do because once we do that podcast, we can't really consider Game of Thrones feedback anymore because the show will be finished. Um, so we did the series uh, finale review today, and we'll be back in two weeks for the series wrap up.
Uh, we'll, we'll talk about you know thoughts and feelings on the series, all that kind of stuff. So there's that. Um, I went and saw Detective Pikachu and did a spoiler-free review for that. Uh, mostly talking about the good characters' designs and uh, adaptions of video games to films and TV and and that sort of thing, and talking about you know if I liked the film or not, that sort of stuff. Uh, so I did a review for that. Uh, if you missed last week's gaming talk, uh, maybe you're new here, maybe you've just found us or whatever the case. Uh, we talked about what Sony revealed in their state of play, so Final Fantasy VII, uh, Medieval, um, and we talked about a bunch of other stuff as well. That was last week's episode. Um, also, I did a couple of uh, super hot VR pieces of content. Uh, one was a second Let's Play. There's two of them out there, so you can go and watch me play uh, some super hot VR. So if you're curious as to what it looks like, how it plays, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can watch me play that as well. Um, and there's two videos out there, so you've got plenty of plenty of uh, Super Hot VR to watch me sort of play and stuff like that. So that was good as well. Um, I also then went ahead and uh, reviewed the game itself. Uh, no spoilers, that's also spoiler free. Uh, so you can jump into that without any worries. And I talked about the game itself, whether I liked it and all that sort of stuff. Um, I was going to see John Wick 3 tomorrow, but I think I'm not going to do that. I've heard that it's, like, not quite as good as the others, and I don't know, I just kind of want to wait a bit and then see some of these, uh, other films that I've got planned to see. Are you, you going to go and see John Wick 3? Uh, probably not. I mean, I'm not a dis fan of the franchise. I've seen one and two, and I like them both. It's just that where I live, it's about a 25-minute drive one way to go to any movie theater. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a bit of a time commitment for me. Plus, uh, I live in Indianapolis, and the Indianapolis 500 is going on right now. So there's literally hundreds of thousands of people in town mm. for the race this weekend, which makes traffic just so delightful. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things that, you know, stock up, hunker down, outlast okay. the weekend. Cool. Uh, I'll still probably watch the film when it comes to... DVD or Netflix or Scott, or wherever it's going to end up. So, uh, I oh watch yeah, it, if but... it when it hits like rental, like on my Xbox, right, I'll right. probably do what I've been doing. The same with Detective Pikachu. I mean, I definitely want to see it, but I'll just, you know, I don't need to see it like I need to see something else, and so I'll just wait till it's like five bucks on a rental. Cool. Uh, so the next film review after that, I think, will be Dark Phoenix X Men, which is I think the fifth of June. So uh, look up for that that week. I thought Brightburn was out this week. Um, but apparently it's not coming out in another, for another month in the UK, so I was planning to see that at the end of May, uh, which would would have been this week, I, I think, because I think it's out, like, this week in the US, but unfortunately it's not out for another month, and there's not much I can do about that, so uh, that's what we've been doing, or not been doing, <laughs> on entertainmenttool.org or on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. Right. What would you like to talk about today? Uh, well, first we've got the uh, never-ending joy that is the Epic Game Store. Uh, they had a massive clusterfuck over the week. Uh, on the 17th, they went live with their Epic Game Store mega sale. Uh, the problem is, is that games that weren't even out yet that were on pre-order got tagged with the sale. So Bloodlines 2 uh, had to actually remove its page. Um from the Epic Game Store because they were selling it at a, at a discounted rate. Um, and that's not the only game. Uh, Oxygen Not Included, which is uh, developer Clay Entertainment, removed the game as well because it was being sold for uh, less than $10 because it had a planned uh, 25% off discount. And then with the discount included on the Epic Game Sale, it made it... Uh, less affordable. I mean, it made it super affordable if you're purchasing it, but they made it to where the company was probably losing money on the game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this is, there's like several games that have been listed. Those are probably like the two most prominent, you know, Bloodlines 2 isn't even out yet and it got hit with a sale. Um, so clearly they didn't know how to set the sale up to not affect certain titles. Yep. Um, Hades developer Supergiant Games uh, came under fire, but not for taking the page offline. Um, they got a whiff of it of the sale because the sale only qualified for games over uh, a certain dollar amount. 
And so they reduced the game to $14, 14 euros, 86 pence in Europe before the sale went live, making it ineligible for the discount. Um, the sale is over June 14th, but whether or not the games will come back or not is um, uh, dependent on the game company because, uh, you know, obviously the stores have the permission to not be part of the sale. Mm-hmm. So you can't pre-order Borderlands 3, you can't pre-order Bloodlines 2, and there's several other games that have been removed because of the stale. Okay. Uh, so what's your kind of relationship with the uh, Epic Games Store at the moment? Uh, none. No, I no. never downloaded it. I don't own a single game that's part of it. Um, I'm And see, I'm old enough to remember before Steam, before you could actually buy physical copies and own physical copies. We really don't do that anymore. We basically just lease games. Mm. Because I mean, you can't really get a game without it going through some kind of downloader, either Bethesda Net or the Epic Store or Steam or something else. You can't actually own a game to own a game, and if they ever, you know, cut the game from the store completely for whatever reason, and they shit out of luck. It's like when we talked about either last week or the week before with Epic Game Store buying uh, Rocket League. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that uh, so hasn't fully yeah. showed. Yep, and I haven't seen any other updates on that, and there hasn't really been any big news on that, so I still don't know if my PC copy that I bought is even going to work anymore, hmm. or if I'll get, like, email to code, you know, if you want to play the game, here's a Steam, here's an, uh, an Epic Game Store uh, code, or whether, yeah, I have it downloaded on my PC, but what happens when they switch the servers over from Steam to Epic? Is it going to not let me connect for multiplayer, which is 99.9% of the game? Yeah. yeah. Um, what was I going to say about this? Yeah. Uh, so I, well, the last thing I did with the Epic Game Store is uninstall it from my PC. Because uh, I did that thing where I tried to play Fortnite uh, and it didn't work on this PC. It didn't have to. I, I've, I think I've told this story before where, like, I just I just wanted to see how or, or if it ran on this uh, laptop and it didn't. But that's fine because I use this for podcasts and I use my consoles for games uh, or my Switch for, for games. Um, and then, because, you know, when I'm loading up the laptop, it loads Skype, it loads the MP3 recorder, which is technically our backup one, and it loads, you know, the desktop and all that, well, the rest of the PC, um, and Discord as well. Because um, if I ever go back on the uh, Next to Nothing podcast, I'll need the uh, um, Discord thing. Um, and just in case we need it for backup or, or whatever the case is, it's not quite worth uninstalling at the moment. Um and then yeah, I was I was noticing like, hey, the epic the epic games store thing is is like loading each time, and it was the sort of that thing of, okay, I'm not using this, I should just uninstall it because it's slowing down my my uh, laptop. So um, not only that, it's one of the things that needed to be apparently needed to be loaded when I was loading the laptop initially. Um, plus, it was taking up space and all that kind of stuff. So um, in terms of their games and everything. Um, Fortnite's pretty much the only one, and I've not played that for for a while. Um, and that wasn't on PC anyway. That was through Switch and Xbox and PlayStation, whatever versions I would I'd be using those by, uh, or whatever systems I'd be playing them on. Um, like when it came to Switch, you'd try that out, and then it sort of became a main thing on on my PS4. Um, but that wasn't even through the Epic Game Store. That was through the other stores. So um, yeah, I mean, it's more of a, a PC centric thing, which which isn't in my wheelhouse. So. We'll see how things go with with Epic. Because um, it's funny when you started mentioning this story and the first thing, that I, or this news piece, and the first thing I kind of thought of was like, sure, you've brought all the rights to like, you know, Metro, and you've brought these, uh, the guys that do Rocket League, uh, Psionics, and you've got all this. So it's a lot of the other games that are probably forgotten that they've acquired the rights to, but it's like you still have to work out how to properly run your store. You can't just like... Sure, if you want to go out there and buy a dozen rights to stuff or buy different developers, you can do that, but you need to make sure that the platform that you're running is running well. So, I guess they've got to do that, and that's just that. Uh, anything else to talk about with this? Uh, no, I mean, it's just one of those things that you kind of need to know your software before you really do anything, something like this. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Well, speaking of uh, game stores, do you remember the Ouya? Nope. That's okay. Neither did anybody else. <laughs> uh, the Ouya was a new attempt at a casual home gaming console. It's basically this almost kind of cube-looking thing, about the size of like an orange or a small grapefruit. 
Uh, it had a Kickstarter back in 2013 to where they were trying to basically sell a $100 console. And the Kickstarter got almost $4 million in in less than a day. Wow. And it took a while, but the thing did eventually come out, and it flopped. I mean, it flopped hard because you're basically talking about a subpar console with a subpar controller running subpar chips and shockingly with a hundred dollar price it's not the best quality of anything in the world um it was running basically an android variant operating system with a couple three apps uh anyway the reason why i bring it up is because the store which i had completely forgotten about considering this is a now almost a six-year-old console will be shutting down at the end of next month um You'll be able to play games via the OUYA platform until June 25th, 2019. Once it has been shut down, access to the Discover section will no longer be available. Games downloaded that appear in play may still function as they do not require a purchase validation upon launch. Uh, and it's one of those things that it was kind of not officially dead on arrival when it arrived, but nobody really gave a crap about it. And now it's officially, officially dead. So how many of these got sold? Well, it's kind of hard to judge sales because they were it was a Kickstarter thing. So okay. technically it didn't sell, it just it was, you know, kickstarted and funded and then eventually re- released in various iterations. Um the no website that I found shows specific numbers, although you got to figure if they raised four million for them and it was listed as a $100 price tag that's 400,000, well, not bad. Uh, for an initial run, the fact that you had no memory of it whatsoever, and the fact that I only remembered it when uh, the news article popped up saying they were shutting the store down, which mm-hmm. kind of tells you how much in the public consciousness it was. So if it broke a million, I'd be shocked. Okay. Yeah, which is very, very low. So, um, yeah. Uh, so what did this thing have on it? I don't know. I mean, it was running like low-end variants of some semi-modern games, but nothing that I recognized when I was going through the list. Hmm. Sounds like something that came out with nothing, really. So. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard the term vaporware before. I don't think I have. Yeah, it, re- it re- kind of refers to a software that dies before it even gets launched, so it kind of disappears like vapor in the mil- morning mist. Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, so it, it launched a big hype, got a bunch of money, and then kind of really did nothing. I mean, technically, I can't call it a scam because they did release the physical product. It's not like you know Star Citizen or some of these other Kickstarters to where they get ungodly amounts of money and then nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just I never owned one. I never knew anybody that owned one, and I'm sure there's people out there that like to hack and mod you know, Android OS that just love the thing. Because you know it's a cheap thing for them to play with, and it's not like mm-hmm. you're you're mucking about with your you know thousand dollar phone or anything like that. But I mean, the specs weren't great at the time of launch, and you know when you consider they're six years old now, can't imagine they can do really anything. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many PlayStation Classics got sold. Uh probably more when they dropped the price to thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Do you, reckon, do you reckon more or less than ten million? Less. Less, yeah. No yeah. way they got anywhere close to 10 million. Six? Million? Maybe four. Maybe four, yeah. It's hard, it's hard to tell. Um, what about the uh, the the Nintendo Classics, the, the two that they did for those? Those did pretty well, didn't they? So. Well, I know the initial run was something like two-ish million, and they sold out like almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And they didn't announce how many they were doing with the re-release. I bought it just to buy it more than anything else, and I've used it like five times in the almost year that I've had it. So, okay, is it good though? Is it good when you? When you I mean, it? it functions really well. It's a it's a faithful port of the games that I remember. There's just it's just one of those things that, you know, it reminds me of why the ergonomics of a controller matter because it's not the most contr- comfortable controller to play with. Yeah, it wasn't when I was you know fourteen playing with it initially, and it's sure as hell not now when I'm forty five. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the thing with the PlayStation Classic is like there's well because I had one of the things there was nothing like 
uh, software sort of wrong with it. It didn't like function badly or anything. It just didn't have what people wanted, which was like no analog sticks and uh, the cord was was too short for the controller and there wasn't enough games and and like uh, people find the menus really boring and stuff. So yeah, you you, you get what what's out there or whatever. So uh, cool. What else would you like to talk about? Oh well, the last real article that I found interesting that I've got to talk about is a lawsuit. Uh, Turner Tenney, who is a 21-year-old professional gamer who goes under the moniker Tifu, has and that's T-F-U-E, so I'm guessing that's how it's pronounced, Tifu, okay. uh, has filed a lawsuit against his esports team, FaZe Clan, for allegedly limiting his ability to pursue his profession in violation of California law and the Talent Agency Act. Uh, the lawsuit also alleges that FaZe Clan has failed to pay him his shares of his sponsorship earnings and taken up to 80% of his earnings as a finder fee. A statement from his lawyer says that, quote, in no certain terms, these gamers are artists, entertainers, and content creators. They perform, they act, they direct, they edit, and they stream. Uh, because this industry is so new, there's no little oversight. As a result, these young content creators slash streamers are success- susceptible being taken advantage of and exploited, often by those that are supposed to be looking out for them in their best interest. Uh, in response to the statement, uh, the Los Angeles-based uh, Face Clan uh, didn't respond with comment, but said in a tweet Monday that it was shocked and dismayed by the lawsuit. Um, it listed some numbers, which I have no way to verify because it's just literally their press tweet. It says that uh, the course of the partnership, which began in April 2018, FaceCon has collected $0 in tournament winnings, $0 in Twitch revenue, $0 in YouTube revenue, and $0 from any social platform. In fact, we have only collected a total of $60,000 from our partnership, while Tifu has earned millions as a member of Phase Clan. While contracts are different with each player, all of them, including Tifus, have a maximum number of now I have a maximum of 20% to phase clan in both tournament winnings as well as content revenue, with 80% going to the players. So I kind of keep abreast of you know the gaming slash Twitch surface. I've never heard of this clan or this dude, but I'm sure some people have. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things that you never are going to know the true story. It's all going to get sold in court, and the only people that are going to wind up making money are the lawyers. Yeah. When when you said limitations, that was one of the first things that you kind of mentioned. What, mm-hmm. what, what kind of limitations has he got? Uh, the article doesn't say, um, but generally, and this is me just speaking from like general knowledge, when people sign contracts like this, they tend to be locked into exclusivity contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when we talked about a while ago with uh, um, PewDiePie switching over to DLive exclusively for about a year. Because oh, yeah. remember, he, yeah. we had that article to where he was giving away a bunch of money through the through DLive's uh, Bitcoin, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was an exclusive content through DLive, how it gets you know parsed out between other things. You never know because of how the contracts are. But I got to figure that, you know, maybe somebody came to him with a better offer or somebody came to him and said, hey, have you double checked your numbers? Yada, yada, yada. Who knows? But as all things, uh, to err is human and to really muck them up takes a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the phrase like money talks, which is very, very true. Um, mm-hmm. And a, a, a quick non-related example is like, because uh, I listened to this week's Geek, uh, Geek Town, and David was talking about, uh, you know how CBS has the rights to uh, Star Trek series, and they're doing, uh, well, they've got Discovery, which is finished for season two. We have coverage of that, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. And they've got... Still uh, can't watch it, by the way. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, it's on the streaming thing. Um, yeah, so they've, they've got Discovery, and they're doing uh, John Luke Picard series, which they've said the name of, but I can't remember, but I will remember by the time it comes out. Uh, they're doing like an animated show or something, and they're supposed to be doing either Section or Station 31. I, c- I can never remember which which thing it is, and they're supposed to be doing a TV series around that. Um, Netflix over here picked up the ne- you know next day rights as, as I was you know doing the podcast on because it was the uh, the Thursday on the CBS and the next day on Netflix the next morning uh, for the Friday for Netflix in the UK. Uh, for Discovery, and then David said, like, okay, it's pretty likely, like, he didn't say this was a thing, he just said it was more likely that, um, you know, Netflix in the UK would likely pick up the rest of the series, so that, you know, all of your Star Trek in one place, um, and then Amazon comes along and picks up, 
uh, you know, Amazon in the, in the UK, uh, comes uh, comes along and picks up the rights for uh, this Picard series. And uh, it's probably a case that just either Netflix hadn't said anything yet, or Amazon just said, "Hey, here's some money. We want this." Uh, so that's just a short, uh, non-related example. Um, but yeah, it's like um, I remember a, a more similar example is when um, was it Apex Legends first came out, and uh, a bunch of the streamers. I remember Doctor, is it Doctor Disrespect? Is his name? Uh, I think Disrespect, yeah. yeah. Um, he uh, was doing this like you know promotion stream type of stuff. I'm sure they said, "Hey, here's some money. Can you play Apex on Twitch or wherever wherever he plays it and uh, promote it, etc." But you'll get views in and that and that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, that's just that's just kind of what happens. Um, and it's like uh, it's my last example as well, which is where uh, Walking Dead, uh, Fox in the UK, and then Fear the Walking Dead comes along, and then it ends up on AMC UK, which is on BT. So like that doesn't make any sense, but BT is probably the one that said, "Hey, we'll give you the money, and you'll uh, air it for us over here." So that's that. Um, plus the fact that probably there was something to do with, "Hey, it's AMC as well in marketing or or something," but. Um, uh, so shows don't always end up where you think they might just because it should make sense. That doesn't always happen. So, um, I mean, it's unlikely that, uh, you know, when uh, there's another Star Trek series that happens and it ends up on ABC or something because CBS has the rights in the in the US. Anyway, that's just the examples that I wanted to give. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about this? No, I mean, it's one of those things that everybody wants to be, you know, you know, a pro streamer and a pro gamer. And it falls in line with a lot of other professions that I've heard to where it's uh, a hard way to make an easy living, uh, which mm-hmm. is probably the most profound way to describe several professions that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but past that, you know, we're never going to know. We're never going to really, really, really know. So just kind of wait and see what happens. Yep. Yep. Uh, cool. Was that, Did you say that was your last uh, news piece? Y- yeah, that was the last thing I had. Um, my three news pieces this week, uh, Sony and Microsoft are partnering up for streaming. Uh, this will be presumably for streaming, uh, not for, not for streaming games on Twitch, but for streaming games that you play on the next-gen systems, presumably. Um, had you heard about this story yet? Or not? I, I kind of vaguely heard about the story. The thing that I heard was that the announcement came out and nobody on the PlayStation team knew anything about it. Oh, okay. Because I saw this photo of, I can't remember who it was, but two uh, Microsoft and Sony guys kind of shaking hands, and that was kind of what that was. Unless that was an old photo for something else, but that was the photo I saw on, like, multiple blog posts, so. um, Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of strange that, like, I mean, this doesn't mean, like, you're going to get Uncharted 5 on Xbox or Gears 5 on PS5 or something crazy like that. This means, like... They're partnering in some other kind of kind of way. It's still uh, that sentence. Microsoft and Sony partnering up is still strange in any way, shape, or form. So true, but it's yeah. not without its precedent. I mean, you're not old enough to remember it, but back in the day, um, Apple before it became the juggernaut that it is now with the mobile mm-hmm. phones, back in the late '80s, early '90s, was really struggling, and one generation of the Mac uh, computer had. Uh, Internet Explorer on as a default browser, and this was announced at one of the E3s. And uh, um, um, guy, I can't think of his name. The guy that founded Apple. Okay. Um, oh, um, Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Jobs. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Steve Jobs was at some E3, and they cut to a screen, and there's Bill Gates's giant head on the screen, <laughs> looming like it's like 1984 or some shit. <laughs> And you could just hear the air let out of the room. It was just like, it was like getting gut punched by all the Apple fanboys that hate Microsoft for their entire being. Mm-hmm. You know, having to see Bill Gates at their oppressor. He's he's helping your, um, not not even your team, your platform. He's helping <laughs> your platform. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it's kind of like when there's a player on a team that you really, really, really hate because he's a really, really, really you know dirty player. And then, for whatever reason, your team decides to pick him up. Mm, yeah, I'm trying to think of some Man United ex- examples of that, but uh, yeah, I mean, we've had Man United have had players that have joined them that have just turned out to be rubbish. Falcao, I'm looking at you. Um, turns out, turns out, and gets injured for half the season and scores four goals. Yeah, that's what a prolific striker is supposed to do. Um, 
What a disaster. Uh, but yeah, they're supposed to be teaming up to do some sort of streaming. Whether or not we'll hear more E3, which would only be one-sided because Sony won't be there, uh, remains to be seen. I think yeah, the... Be... Uh, the... Sorry, I was just going to say, the ahead. Bloomberg report that I found... Yeah, the Bloomberg report that I found cites that people familiar with the matter stated that it began as early as last year and was handled directly by Sony's senior management in Tokyo, largely without the involvement of the PlayStation team, which is where the whole catching you know, PS4 off guard with that comes from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this might be... I don't know if this would be talked about this E3 or something a little bit later down the line where they start to properly talk about uh, next-gen stuff. We We shall see. Uh, we don't know these things, of course. We're just speculating. So, um, Something that's a bit mm-hmm. more rumor mill-esque, but something I've been hearing about for a good few weeks now. Uh, George R.R. R. Martin, of course, the author of Game of Thrones, who decided to stop being the author of Game of Thrones because uh, he hasn't released a book for is it eight years now. I think it's like eight years or six years or something. It's been a while. Yeah. It's it's long long enough that there was a, what, a two-and-a-half-year delay between season seven and eight because the books weren't done yet. Yeah. Yeah, um, for that, yeah. Um, yeah, he's reportedly uh, working with From Software, of course, the Bloodborne... Um, what's, the, what's the game I just got done playing? Uh, Sekiro, near, uh, Sekiro, Bloodborne, and Dark Souls, uh, guys, and he's apparently working on a new game. Um, the, the idea that I've seen reported is that it will be not necessarily a Game of Thrones game, but that he will be doing, uh, maybe like writing the story for it or something, or, because uh, he's not a game developer, he's a storyteller and he's a writer. Because uh, uh, even though you know, most of the times in these Bloodborne games and all that, you'll be killing stuff, there is still stories in there, so maybe he'll be writing for that if it is any kind of Game of Thrones game. Um, I guess he'll have to get kind of HBO on his side or whatever and see if, they, if they're doing something there. Um, but would this take your interest at all? It would have to depend on the game and the style and what it's about. I mean, I mean, granted, he's a pretty good writer, obviously, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean the game is going to be any good. It could have wonky controls. It could have uh, less than impressive graphics. It could be a thousand different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's obviously the writer of Game of Thrones. He's supposed to be working on this new game, and we shall see uh, if anything comes... This hasn't been confirmed, but this has been reported for a very long time, and it started to pick up a bit more heat. Like, IGN and some other sites started posting that he's supposed to be working on a game. It seems that over the last, like... It's probably longer than four years, but the last kind of three or four years, I've seen, like, uh, George R. R. Martin has signed up for this and that and this and that, and it's been, like, Sharknado 7, and this other like religion book or something for game of thrones which what why would he why would he say that okay i'm working on winds of winter which i think is the what the this next game of thrones book is supposed to be called and then he decides to write a a different game of thrones book why why would he do that and not just finish what he started Uh. so I don't know. Yeah, again, you're never really gonna know. Maybe he was starting to write the one and just didn't like where it was going, and thought, you know, maybe a fresh start will be good. Maybe he hadn't really, really started it, and somebody came to him with a giant check. I mean, it's Possibly. you know, yeah. I mean, unless you're like notch levels of rich, you can always, you know, somebody can always come to you with money and say, "Hey, you want to do this?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the sharks had money as well for the Sharknado stuff. How how has there been like seven of those films as well? They're they're all like crazy stuff, aren't they? Like just over the top sort of shark action. I mean, because never... really, in the grand scheme of things, they're they're super cheap to produce. Mm. I mean, they might have a budget of like you know ten to twenty million dollars, which sounds like a lot, but in the day and age of you know most average movies that come out to theaters, you know, take fifty to a hundred million. You know, ten million sounds pretty cheap in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know, most of the actors are complete unknowns, so you don't have to pay them a whole lot. The right. the you know the CGI and the post productions all you know very low end, so that doesn't cost a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're not paying uh, Kit Harrington for Sharknado six or seven. I think they're actually finished now, but I I, I couldn't tell you. So uh, uh, speaking of which, did you heard that one story with uh, Kit Harrington getting Kit Harrington getting pulled over by the cops? Didn't you? I don't think I heard about that. 
this was a while ago. This popped up randomly on one of my you know videos to watch feed. I get a lot of Graham Norton stuff, and he was on Graham Norton talking about. That was cool. Uh, Graham Norton asked him the weirdest interaction that he ever had with Game of Thrones, and he said uh, this was between like either five or six or six or seven when he was dead, the when the character was dead. Yeah. And the cop pulled him over and recognized him, and the cop said, "I'll let you go if you tell me." whether or not you're going to be on the next season. And he says, yes, I'm on the next season. And the cop says, on your way, Lord Commander, and just lets him go. That's kind of funny. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see if Gurm uh, or George R. R. Martin is what, or what, what, he, what he releases next. We'll see what it is. So uh, Maybe it'll be Winds of Winter. Maybe it'll be Sharknado 8. Maybe it'll be this game. Maybe it'll be a completely new thing. We We don't know. So, or it could uh, be all three. He could just be very tangentially <laughs> attached to the project. Yeah, they all come out on the same day. Um, okay, uh, the next thing we have is uh, some new li- little bits and pieces for some PlayStation 5 details, which is obviously a, kind of a, a hot topic at the moment. It's calmed down a little bit, I've seen on certain podcasts, um, but it's, it's always fun to speculate. Uh, so Sony was releasing some news re- recently. Some of this is things that we mentioned before, but I'm going to read all these bullet points because uh, they're, they're all just listed here. Uh, 96 million MAUS on PSN? Is that like users or something? Or units sold? I think it's units sold. Um, yeah, so 96 million on PSN. PS4 is still part of their plan for the next three years, which is good. We'll, I'll, I'll list these bullet points and then we can kind of uh, <coughs> go to them individually. Uh, so PS4 is part of their plan for the next three years, so that's 2019, 2020, 21. Uh, 2022 roughly so we'll see how that goes uh new triple like exclusives will continue to come to ps4 uh there's still unannounced ps4 exclusives probably uh sony still believe in console generations because we'll probably have a ps5 uh backwards compatibility as part of the next gen plans which they've already discussed with um psvr uh, and ps4 games we'll see if one two and three follow through um what else do we have here next gen hardware support uh, 8K, but we've discussed like TV prices and all that sort of stuff, and how whatever. Uh, 3D audio, SSD, ray tracing, and faster loader times. Uh, I think faster loading times is the most important thing there. So, because um, like 3D audio is cool, but what do you want better audio or for your game to load quicker? It's um, you know, depends what you want. Uh, f- this is something that surprised me a bit. 5.6 million active users uh, using remote play. Uh, do you use remote play at all? For, uh, nope. Nope, I don't either, because it never actually really works. So even when I've tried to use it or want to use it, uh, it tends not to load. Because the bottom line is with remote play and streaming and stuff, is if your internet connection in that moment is not good, it's just not going to... It's either going to connect and be slow or not work at all. So uh, we'll see how that goes in the future. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment will expand on their current 13 studios. Uh, it would be stupid of them not to do that and just to be like, hey, yeah, we're fine with what we've got. And then, hey, Days Gone didn't do well. Close, uh, I think it's Bend Studios for that. Um, and then go down to 12 and then whatever. So I think it's smart if they do continue to expand their studios. Uh, there's a few possibilities of people they could purchase or whatever as well. Uh, Sony also looking at possible acquisitions, which is kind of tied into that bit. Uh, want to work on more games with uh, post-launch revenue. So a little bit more in the whole games as service uh whole thing the first thing i want to kind of jump into here is the whole games as service sony's really been known in the last couple of years for like you know solid narrative triple a exclusives uh so god of war obviously massive hit game of the year spider-man horizon zero dawn um detroit even though that was a bit of a smaller game for some people i really liked it um, and a whole bunch of other games which aren't coming to mind. Um, how would you feel about Sony using the games as service kind of going forward? Um, uh, hard telling because that's really more on the game developer than Sony right. itself. Right, what I they mean, unless, to put in sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, unless they come up with something, you know, along the lines of what Microsoft does with Games with Gold. Um, and even then, that's not really games for service. That's just a service for games, which I know that sounds like a semantic difference, but it really isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully they do continue to just focus on what they've done really well this generation, which is your God of War and your Spider-Man and 
Uh, all those sorts of big narrative games as well. And we've got three that haven't even come out yet, which is Last of Us, uh, two, Ghost of Tsushima, and Death Stranding, which I'm assuming will have good narratives for all three. We hope they will anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, Plus you've got... Well, I haven't even finished Days Gone yet, so um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, is there any other bullet points in there you wanted to kind of touch on? There's some other things we could... Uh, here, but... Not really. I mean, it's all pure speculation at this point, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their next big things, like they've got their exclusives settled and they've got, you know, brand new uh, franchises and IPs and and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think what they really should focus on next gen is, you know, backwards compatibility is a big thing that people have said, you know, I can't play my my PS3 games or my classic PS1 games on on PS4 because they're not backwards compatible. And uh, what was the other thing that, that I was going to mention? Uh, getting getting some more studios. So when you do have like you know, because game development is kind of getting slower in a way. Because uh, I remember like Corey Barlog. Is it Corey Barlog, the uh, the uh, God of, uh, God of War director? Um, him kind of joking of like, okay, God of War two is like four to five years away roughly. So like, will that be there in time for PS 5s launch? What will be? What won't be? Like, is Spider Man two going to be ready? The most likely, possibly will be like Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or whatever they call the next uh, Horizon game. Uh, probably won't be Days Gone because that literally came out like a month ago um, and that sort of thing. But I think you know if they if they if they play a bit nicer also with crossplay, do some of that stuff. Um, continue to support PSVR, which I think is important, um, and especially someone who's just kind of got his feet into PSVR or his head, I suppose. Um, and just played like super hot, and I'm really excited for. I mean, Blood and Truth out next week. Uh, the everybody is it everybody's golf VR that came out like this week or something. Um, and I'm looking to explore more of those games and push forward with that. There's a few things they still need to do in that sort of regard, but um, they've they've got their their games sorted. So it's time to not take the focus away from the games that they're making, but shift the focus a bit more to other stuff that people want. So we'll see what they come up with next gen. Uh, but we won't find out next month because it won't be at E3. So, or in like two weeks. So, uh, what we're also going to do next week is I think we should do because um, we worked out just before we started recording that E3 is about two weeks away. Uh, so it makes sense next week if we did. Um, we don't have to do every single uh, the developer or company necessarily, but if we just jot down some uh, E3 predictions and stuff. I mean, I've also I've already got some on my mind that I'm gonna be going with but um yeah if you guys have any predictions and stuff and i'm going to tie this in with emails which i'm going to jump into next uh so matthew at entertainmenttalk.org twitter etalkuk there's the contact page and there's information in the show notes if you've ever got uh feedback questions comments um thoughts any of that sort of stuff or your own e3 predictions uh now is a good time to get those in harry says what are we most likely to not see at e3 apart from sony my guess is that you will see some of what Microsoft's new acquisitions are working on, but not all of them. Uh, my second question, of all those companies, which are you most excited to see from? Um, so which of Microsoft's acquisitions um, are you most excited to see what they're working on? Anybody in particular? Well, definitely with uh, um, Outer Realms. The game has you know, intrigued me a little bit. When I say a little bit, I mean a whole lot. Mm. Um, I will definitely see a lot more of it at E3. They've already announced that much. Yeah, they already showed up um, a good amount of it as well. So I think that game's at a good point in development where they could show that off a bit more. So that would be good. Uh, that's that's uh, Obsidian, isn't it? Yeah, Obsidian Games. Yeah. One thing we probably won't see is we won't see any new consoles because we've already got the digital edition out, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't see them coming out. I mean, they might. If they decided to get wacky, come out with like an L one X all digital edition, but I don't see that really happening. Oh, do you mean an Xbox One X all digital? Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe they could do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they could do that in theory, but that would really kind of depend on the sales of the all digital, which I haven't seen. So when was that thing coming out? I remember they said that it, they it's was... already out. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, all the right. pre-orders were a couple weeks ago, and I think. I think they've started shipping by now. I know they were saying it was going to be like mid-May. Mm-hmm. But I, I, don't I remember we did the pre-orders news thing, but I don't remember mm-hmm. the release date because I'm not getting one and I, I'm not paying attention to the release date. So. Um, I'm excited to see definitely from Ninja Theory next because I was impressed with um, Hellblade and everything. 
and to see what they'll do next. And they said that I think I remember them saying they're going to do something a little bit different, which that's fine. You don't need to do like a Hellblade two. I'm uh, not really expecting that, um, or like a, any kind of spin-off or, or anything. Um, so if they're doing something new, that could be kind of cool. I've heard some rumors about like a, a co-op game, but rumors can be rumors. So um, we'll see what they come out with. But yeah, they impressed me with their last game, so I'm definitely uh, curious to see what they'll be working on next. If it's something different, um, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, apart from the other, that, that's the only that's the main because I'm not sure what like in exile is it in exile what they're kind of yeah. capable of. Um, I'm kind of interested in the outer worlds. Um, the game that you mentioned, but I I I'm at that because you're at the point where you're excited and you want to see more. I'm at the point where like I'm curious, but I want to see more to see what there is to kind of get invested in. I know it's looking very kind of Fallout esque, and that's interesting to me. But I want to see if there's like is it is there something slightly different there sort of thing. Um, not saying I wouldn't be impressed, but um, just like what what exactly is that game kind of thing. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, to to his first question, what would you what do you what are you least expecting to see at E3 apart from Sony? Well, like I said, I'm least expecting to see a One X all digital. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see anything groundbreaking coming out of Bethesda. I mean, I know they've got they've already said there's going to be no uh, you know, Elder Scrolls Six. There's going to be no uh, oh, yeah. Starfield, is it? Um, think, so yeah. I'm sure they've they've got a presser. So I'm sure they've got some announcements. I there's just nothing that I've heard rumors of that would jump out and say, you know, this is going to be something. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some updates, maybe some backwards compatibility stuff. There's been rumors of a. Uh, um, and I don't even know if it's rumors or if it's more just like hopeful wishing of a uh, remaster for Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas for the current console, even though they are backwards compatible. Hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't they rather do that for Fallout 4 if that was... No, because okay? Fallout 4 came out in this generation, so there's oh, no yeah. reason to backwards compatible it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if they did 3 in New Vegas, that would that would kind of make sense. Um, a lot of people have, speaking of the uh, remaster rumors, a lot of people said like, what about if EA decide to do some goodwill and like remaster the Mass Effect trilogy? I don't, I, I'm not going to put that as my answer of what's least likely to see because I just think that that's never going to happen. Um, but I, I mean, I could be wrong, so we don't know. What I'm least expecting to see, I, I don't know. Um, what am I least expecting to see? There's probably some game out there that's like a bit further off. I mean, I would have said that if Sony was going to be E3 that we wouldn't see maybe Death Stranding this this year. But they're not going to... See, that knocks my predictions entirely like on it, on their side because Sony's not there anyway. So I, will not, I won't see Last of Us or Death Stranding or Ghost of Tsushima or anything. So, um... What uh, what games do Xbox have in development? They got Gears Five. I think we'll probably see Gears Five this year. They got Ori. I hope we see Ori, and I hope we get a release date. Um, what else is coming out for the Xbox? Uh, Halo. I don't think we'll see. If I had to take one guess, because I can't think properly at the moment, I'd say Halo Infinite. I don't think we see that this year at E3. But that's just kind of a, a random guess, I suppose. There, there's there's not much like on the tip of my tongue that I don't think we'll see outside of Sony, but Sony won't be there, so. Uh, we shall see. Uh, plus E3 predictions next week, and we'll discuss that a bit more. Michelle, what is the toughest uh, game you have ever played? She would say uh, Dark Souls. So is there any particular games that have been not annoying, but difficult uh, that you found? Uh, I mean, several games, but it goes back to the uh, you know the early area of gaming when games were meant to be difficult. I mean, like mm. the, the NES version of uh, Ghouls and Goblins, Ninja Gaiden... Those are just crazy difficult. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's that's a long list. Nothing really in the modern era um, that I can think of. Is there any particular games from the era that you mentioned that were that were difficult? I mean, they were all difficult on some level. There was uh, mm-hmm. um, there was this one game. I think it was Akari Warriors, to where once you got to the final level, you had to stand around and do nothing for about five minutes until. The game decided to try to punish you for standing around doing nothing for five minutes and started <laughs> dropping bombs uh, randomly, and one of the bombs had to hit a certain area for a, uh, a door to open up. Okay. 
And so you had to basically dodge bombs um, huh. until that door opened up. Hmm. Um, but yeah, pretty much any challenging game in that era would qualify as being difficult. Okay. Uh, for me, well, I have to say Sekiro because bloody hell, that game was hard. Uh, <laughs> um, Crash Bandicoot 1 really sticks out. That's a bit more of a case of like, okay, in this game, Crash can jump once and he can spin once and obviously move. And that's it. And there's really like, if if you were to take that game and give even Crash Bandicoot 2 controls, it would just be not a lot easier, but certainly not as difficult. But man, that was hard to get through that game. Um, but I finished it because, you know, I love Crash and all that. Uh, Crash 2 and 3, they're still difficult, but they're, I don't think they're anywhere near as difficult as, as Crash 1. So, uh, plus a lot of people when... I remember when the remaster trilogy came out and a lot of people were saying like should I just skip this first Crash Bandicoot game because it's like really hard and I heard that 2 and 3 are different which they both all, all three of them are different in their own way um I still think 3, three is the best one um a, a lot of people knock 3 for being too easy but I think if you're using certain things in the game like the bazooka in an easier way that's kind of what would what would happen with that um, but I like to play that in the more challenging way, Crash Bandicoot 3, if that makes any sense. Uh, other games, um, I, I played like an hour of Dark Souls 2, and I was like, this just, I'm, n- I'm not going to finish this game. Um, plus that game like throws you in and it doesn't give you any real guide, whereas Sekiro, I would say of the, of the Soulsborne games that I've tried, so, cause I have played Bloodborne as well. Sekiro is... I think the easiest just because it actually gives you a guide is a rough guide is like okay you need to sort of go over here but you can go off to the left or the right and maybe find some items um but it's still like incredibly difficult so um those are the, those are my sort of answers uh last question we have this week from Tina uh what the hell happened to Square's Avengers game she says uh surely we have to see something soon E3 question mark um what what do you think happened to uh, it was called the Avengers Project. That's probably not going to be its final name. Um, but do you remember this game being being announced? I vaguely remember it being announced, but past that, I got nothing. Oh. I haven't heard anything on it. I haven't heard that it's been cancelled, but then I haven't heard that it hasn't been cancelled either. So Yeah. Uh, I think it was announced in like earliest like 2015 i would say maybe 2016 like sort of the latest it might have even been 2014 uh and all it kind of was was like a typical te- teaser trailer of like here's cap shield and like hulk doing some raging or something like that like the really basic avengers stuff where like you'd see a little something from iron man uh i think like thor's hammer got dropped next to cap shield and it was like avengers project coming soon and that was about it. We don't know anything about the game. Maybe Jason Schreier does because he's a bit of a, an insider kind of person. Um, yeah, and it sort it just like that teaser came out and we never heard anything. So, um, but we haven't heard the game has cancelled its development. So it could just be out there, but be in. Maybe they ran into some trouble with it and it ran into some development trouble and they had to kind of restart it a bit. But they didn't want to say anything. We we, we don't know. So. Um, do you think we might see it at E3? Because Square's got a conference thing, haven't they? Because I think they'll be talking about uh, Final Fantasy VII as well. So It's entirely possible. You never know. Yep. We shall see. We'll find out on... I've forgotten all the E3 dates, but that's... I think they're taking Sony's slot, which is the Monday, I think, at 6 Pacific. So, uh, we'll see if they say something. Um, yeah, so that's what we got for you for this week's Random Gaming Talk. Thank you all very much for listening. If you want to keep up to date with all the content, entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, of course, follow us on social media, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is at eTalkUK. That's where, you know, when I post stuff or post updates or news about... Uh, I, I did a post on Facebook and Twitter talking about uh, the plans for the summer, or the rough kind of plans that might change or whatnot, uh, but kind of what's coming out at the moment. Uh, also, don't forget, it's not in the housekeeping section yet. But uh, Classic Reviews Season 2 starts next week, uh, which will be the 29th of May on the Wednesday. And that will, of course, be also posted to uh, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, you can enjoy that season. Uh, It's going to be five episodes, and then it will take a break. And then it will come back the week after, or I think the week after iZombie finishes. Unless it takes some sort of July 4th break or or something like that. Uh, And then it will come back after iZombie finishes. And um, 
it will continue for, for another five episodes and then there will be an 11th episode but that will be the season two uh, rankings just like I did for season one so 10 episodes five and five and then another one for season rankings look out for that starting next week as well of course it has its own feed classic reviews feed all that good stuff uh, speaking of feeds as well uh, we do have a Batwoman feed now we're going to be doing a podcast for uh, the Batwoman trailer here in a bit uh, and talking about the casting for Robert Pattinson Pattinson as uh, Batman for the 2021 Matt Reeves film. We'll be talking about that in the same Bat Family type of podcast. Uh, so look, look out for that. But yes, entertainmenttalk.org is where you'll find all of the content. Uh, you can support Entertainment Talk on Patreon. You can support us through Amazon affiliate link. Shop on Amazon, we'll get a small cut. But it won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, you can rate, review and subscribe to those. Or just send us a 5 star rating. You don't have to review the feed. Uh, but you can send in the rating thing and I'll continue to check that as well. Uh, word of mouth, you can tell your friends, family, people that you know about the uh, friends and family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Uh, that helps us out as well. Social media, like I said, Facebook, Twitter, share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, put them in different groups if you can. Um, video games, which you've what well, you've been here for for the last hour. But if you want to watch me and Robert or David play different video games, me and David have Twitch streaming channels. Robert's got one on Mixer. Uh, have you been streaming much uh, lately? Uh, off and on. I've been doing some streaming with uh, Division 2, but nothing here recently. Plus, I'm going to be on the road all next week, so I'm not going to get any streaming done then. Okay. Um, but yeah, look out for my uh, super hot VR videos, and I might stream some form of Days Gone or uh, Blood and Truth as well, so look out for those. Uh, but thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.